Hello, honey, and welcome to the Healthy Emmy Podcast. I am your go-to nutritionist for plant-based weight loss and the creator of the eight-week Slim on Starch program. If you want to learn how to lose weight and keep it off on a plant-based diet, you've come to the right place. And the best part, it does not involve counting calories or restricting portions. This is the podcast version of my YouTube videos, so if you'd like to see the woman behind this voice, Proceed at your own caution and go to the show notes where you'll be directed to the Healthy Emmy YouTube channel. Otherwise, enjoy your commute, walk, workout, or whatever the heck it is that you're doing with just my voice on this podcast. Let's get into a good old-fashioned Q&A. Advice on what to eat when you're hungry before bed. I have early dinners. I find this is one of the most common questions that I get from clients when we first start together is they say, it's usually right before bed or the 3 p.m. hour. They'll say, this is when it really all goes downhill because I get hungry. Can you believe this on me? I get hungry. What if I said to you, can you believe this? Let's say your name is Cindy. Can you believe this, Cindy? At 3 p.m., I have to pee. At 3 p.m., I'm thirsty. Can you believe it? People would be like, uh, that's a normal bodily function. Or if I said at 8 p.m. when I've already had dinner, then I get thirsty. <sighs> Can you believe this? You'd say, there's nothing wrong with that. That's called being a human. Hunger is in the same biological mechanism group as all of those other things. It's okay to feel hungry at 3 p.m. or before bedtime. That is normal. That's your body doing its thing and just telling you that it needs food. Just like your body would tell you if it was thirsty or your body would tell you if it was tired or if it needed to use the bathroom. So respond to your body at that time, but respond appropriately. Respond with a whole, real, natural food. Don't respond with something packed or something that's loaded with processed sugars and artificial sweeteners and stimulants. Turn to real food because that's what your body needs at that time. Only being able to eat at certain times during the day is a social construct. We were led to believe that we can only have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but that was a social construct. You can eat as many times per day as you'd like. You can eat as, as few times per day as you'd like. So long as you're meeting your nutritional needs, it doesn't matter how few or how far between your meals are, so long as you're meeting your nutritional requirements. So if you are hungry before bed, have a little something before bed. I like to have a little bowl of oatmeal or I like to have an apple um, or some grapes. Usually the apple or the oatmeal is my most common before bed. It's just the routine that I've gotten into, but I don't like to go to sleep if my stomach is growling. I don't sleep well. So it's okay to have a little something before bed. People will say it instantly turns into fat. I would have to roll myself into this filming studio if that was the case. It doesn't. It's okay to eat at that time. I personally like to have an apple or I like to have a little bowl of oatmeal with some cinnamon and some banana. I keep starting your diet and then I binge on unhealthy foods. That's because you use the word diet. If you go into this as a short-term fix, as a cleanse, as something that has an end date, then you're just setting yourself up for a binge. Binge eating is caused by restriction, intentionally or unintentionally. So if you go into this lifestyle and you think of it as something restrictive, then you're setting yourself up for a binge down the line. Restriction leads to binging. And then after you binge, you feel guilty, and to make that guilt go away, you start to restrict again. 
and then you restrict, you get super, super hungry. And when you're super, super hungry, you're gonna binge. And then you binge, and then you feel guilty, and then you're back to restriction. And it's this terrible, terrible cycle that you don't see until you see it. And then once you see it, it's hard to unsee it. So I hope that you've seen it now, that binge eating is caused by restriction. So the million dollar question is, how do I go into this diet without feeling like it's a diet? Whatever energy you bring to this, what you put into it is what you're gonna get out of it. So if you view this as a diet, then it's gonna be viewed as a diet and you're gonna set yourself up for a binge. If you go into this and you're saying, I can eat in abundance, look at all of these nutrients, look at all these colors, fruits, vegetables, all of these different recipes, all of these different people inside of this community, all of the diversity, all of the research that proves that a whole foods plant-based diet is the most nourishing diet for you. And this is my new lifestyle. When you go in with that energy, you're not thinking of this as something that you're doing in the short term, but that you're playing the long game here. And this is something that you're gonna do for the rest of your life. If you can't do something for the rest of your life, then you shouldn't do it. My camera ran out of memory. You can have one SOS meal today and do one SOS meal per day for the next week. The next week, reevaluate how you feel. If you wanna keep doing one SOS meal a day, keep doing one SOS meal a day. If you wanna bump it up to two, I'm not forcing you only if you're ready. This is not a race. We are forming a new healthy lifestyle for the rest of your life. Not something that we just want to wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I've got it. Good to go. Because all of those crash diets, those quick fixes are just that. Crash diets and quick fixes. They don't last in the long term. Do you think there is such thing as too much fiber? So I get this question a lot from people who have, they have some gastrointestinal issues and they say, the more fiber I have, the more bloated I become and I become more constipated. And there are people that's, that they're struggling with constipation. And you know, the usual advice that you hear when it comes to constipation is to eat more fiber. And so these poor people, they eat more fiber, eat more fiber, and it gets worse. Their constipation gets worse. And they're like, what is going on here? What can I do with my diet? If that is what's happening to you, if the more fiber you eat, the more constipation you experience, then the issue is not with the diet, but it's actually something gastrointestinally that you're having a motility issue so motility is the ability to move things through an organism and we are organisms and if you are having a motility issue then the food is not able to move through your intestines so you would want to go visit a gastrointestinal doctor and see why it is that your intestines aren't pushing the food along because no diet will really alleviate that if that is what the issue is you're putting in more fiber more fiber more fiber the more fiber you put in, the more bulk you have in your stomach and the more bulk you have in your stomach, if it's not able to move forward and your intestines aren't pushing that food along, then you're gonna have a big constipation issue, literally, because you're just putting more mass into your stomach. So if you find, you know, for most people, eating a lot of fiber doesn't, it doesn't have any adverse effects. In fact, it's way better because they, are more regular, their digestion is better. But for the small amount of people who the more fiber they have, the worse their constipation and bloating becomes, then there probably is a motility issue that you would wanna visit a gastrointestinal doctor for. How to stop overeating when I feel lonely but can't socialize or get a boyfriend because of COVID. Ugh, 
this one hurts my heart because I know that this current state of the world is extremely difficult for so many people. And when it comes to stress, what I always say is stress means, you know, stress is the body's way of talking to us that there's some sort of problem that we have to solve. So when we feel stress, that's the way of our body saying to us, hey, we need to solve this problem. The stress about the pandemic, that is a huge problem that needs to be solved. And for most people, we can't do a darn thing to help it besides maybe getting a vaccine. So that's where the conundrum comes in because I always say, you know, whatever the problem is, the answer isn't in the fridge. And you know, the answer to the pan pandemic is not in the fridge. This we know, but the answer to the pandemic is not something that's within our control either. And this is where I'm going to pull in, you know, the Alcoholics Anonymous. I, I know the 12 steps very well. I've never worked the 12 steps. I have not had, a, I don't drink. I never was an alcoholic. I just think that the 12 steps are very applicable in, in so many ways. And one of the 12 steps, or just one of the philosophies within the 12 steps, it's part of their mantra, is to control what you can and let go of what you can't. This pandemic and the stress about this pandemic and the vaccine and getting everything organized, we have no control over this. And that's something that we need to just let go of, let go of the things that you can't control in every aspect of life, whether it's related to the pandemic or it's not related to the pandemic. Control what you can and let go of what you can't. So all the stress of this pandemic, let go of it. Now let's think about the, you know, is the answer in the fridge? What's in the fridge, the food that's in the fridge, the overeating, that's gonna have a temporary consequence and a long-term consequence. The temporary consequence is a good consequence. It's a feel-good consequence. You feel really good, you feel comforted, you feel relieved. The long-term consequence, I think we all know what the long-term consequence of overeating and binge eating on junk foods is. So for what this for, for this person, what I would say is there's something that my dad taught me, which is when you can't move forward, move sideways. So I'm looking at what this person has said and you know the places where they can't move forward. They can't they said I can't socialize. So that's an absolute. I can't socialize. Is that true? You can't socialize at all? You can't socialize like you used to, but you can socialize just a little bit differently. Zoom, FaceTime. I know that the app Clubhouse is becoming popular. Going on Facebook groups with people that have similar interests to you. Looking in the YouTube comments of maybe even this video and talking to people that have similar interests that you have. There are just different ways to socialize. And while at the moment you're not able to do the things that you could do maybe 18 months ago, you will be able to do those again. And for now, instead of moving forward, just move sideways. What other ways can you socialize? And then you said as well, you know, you can't get a boyfriend. Is that true? Can you not get a boyfriend at all? Absolute. I know that on uh, dating apps, they're having like FaceTime first dates where you can FaceTime somebody that you've met on a dating app. Go on a dating app, start talking to people on dating apps. That's a fabulous way to meet people. And I can tell you there are plenty of people that are on dating apps because of the current pandemic. And there are so many people out there that are feeling the exact same way that you're feeling. So turn to people, not food. Remember that the answer is not in the fridge. The answer is not something that's in our control at all. And eating the food is not gonna make the pandemic go away. But you can't move forward right now, so move sideways and make sure that you're not speaking in these absolutes that 
you can't get a boyfriend or you can't socialize because you can do these things. It just looks a little bit different. And at some point you will be able to fully do them again. Consuming raw veggies such as cabbage, carrots, spinach, or watercress can cause bloating or constipation. So a little bit similar to what I just said, but I do want to put a little note in here about raw vegetables. So raw vegetables are as low in caloric density as we can get. So for somebody who is already in a healthy BMI, if you are eating loads of raw vegetables, your body knows that it's super low in calorie density. Your brain, it can detect, wow, this food is very low in caloric density, and this person is already in a healthy BMI. They don't have much weight to lose, and it could be dangerous for this person to lose weight. Because remember, your body is always trying to keep you alive. And in order to keep you alive, it has to make sure you have adequate fat stores. So losing weight is not something that your body wants to do if you're already in a healthy BMI. So if somebody that's in a healthy BMI is eating raw vegetables and raw vegetables are super low in caloric density, the brain realizes that it's very low in caloric density and it sends the signal back to eat a lot of this food because it is so low in calorie density. It says, oh no, I have this organism that is very low in weight, uh, you know, not super low in weight, but doesn't have any weight to lose. And if they're eating a lot of foods that are low in calorie density, I need to make sure that they eat a lot. So your hunger actually hikes up a bit when you're eating foods that are super low in calorie density and you're already in a healthy BMI, you're already a lean person, you're gonna be a little bit more hungry and you're gonna be able to eat more than the person who's in an overweight category because they're not getting this signal. Their brain isn't saying to them, oh no, if you lose weight, that would be unhealthy. For that person, losing weight would be healthy. But for the person that's already in a healthy BMI, this is why it's a little harder to lose weight if you're already in a healthy BMI because your, your body's trying to keep you alive and losing too much weight is something that's dangerous. So back to what I was saying, it's sending the signal to your brain that you need to eat a lot of that food. So if you are eating something super low in calorie density, and you're already in a healthy BMI, you're gonna end up eating more of that food and a good amount of that food. And in order to get adequate calories from raw vegetables, you have to eat a lot of them. And raw vegetables, you know, a whole pound of carrots is under 200 calories and a pound of raw carrots, that's a lot. That's a big bulk of food. That's a lot of chewing. And so it's normal that your stomach is going to be really full because you're eating a lot of foods that are low in calorie density. The lower in calorie density that you eat, the higher volume you have to eat. And raw vegetables are as low in calorie density as you get. So it's normal that you feel bloated from eating a lot of raw vegetables because they are so low in calorie density. I rarely ever. I could not tell you the last time I had a raw vegetable. I'll have lettuce, which technically is raw, but something like raw carrots or cucumbers or broccoli. Oh, actually I had cucumbers in my sushi, but that's as close as I'll get. I will ne I never eat raw vegetables because I just don't enjoy them. Um, so it's way easier to digest things that are cooked and raw vegetables being cooked is gonna make it way easier on your digestion. Portion control, help. 
Remember back to what I said about restriction leads to binging? So if you're trying so, so, so hard to eat a small amount of something and it's all you can think about and all your energy is going to don't eat more, don't eat more, don't eat more. It's like don't hit the big red button and then you're probably gonna hit the big red button. So don't go in with that restrictive mentality. And I also find that habit is everything. And so if you are always, you know, this is the reverse side of it. So there's, when it comes to portion control, there are two types of groups. There's the group of people that are always making the teeny tiny amounts, teeny tiny amount, teeny tiny amount, and then they go, screw it, I'm still hungry. And then they eat the whole cabinet. And then there's the other group of people that are always making huge plates and they go, I just can't stop. You know, I just load up my plate every time. And I just put so much on there. And it's because you are in that habit. Habit is everything. When you wake up, what do you do? You brush your teeth, you put on deodorant, you shower. Do you do this because you have it on your to-do list and you would forget otherwise, or you're super motivated to brush your teeth or you're super motivated to shower? No, it's just, you don't even think about it. It's just what you do. It's just the habit that you're into. When you get into the car, you grab for your seatbelt and you put it across and you put your keys in the ignition. It's just what you do. You don't even think about it. And when you're about to take a turn, you put on your blanker, you don't think about these things. They're all muscle memory. They're all automatic movements. And the same goes for if you're loading up these huge plates of food, you've just gotten yourself into that habit. So what we want to do here is make a structural change so that you can start to break that habit. And when I say break that habit, I really mean replace that habit. So you're still engaging the habit of putting things on your plate, but you've made some structural change so that you are not loading it up every time. What do I mean by structural change? It means something that's going on in your environment that has changed, that doesn't make you use any willpower or any memory or really use any effort to make a change in your habit here. Structural changes are the way to go because you don't even realize that the change is happening. It's just that you've changed something in your environment that allows you to reap the benefits of it. So what does it look like in terms of portion control? Well, for the person who is just loading up their plate and is like, I'm in this habit. I can't stop. Every time I load up a plate, I load up a plate. When I eat, I eat. Well, let's have you switch to smaller plates. So if you have a smaller plate, you're still going to load up your plate and your plate is still gonna be really full and visually you're gonna be very satisfied by it and you won't even realize that you've eaten less. The bigger your plate is, there was a study on this, that the bigger the plate was, the more the people ate naturally in comparison to the group that had the smaller plate. They had two groups, one group had a giant plate, one group had a smaller plate, and the group that had the bigger plates naturally was eating so much more just because they filled up their plate and visually it looked like that that was what they were supposed to do. So you could start by having a smaller plate. One year eating unrestricted high carb vegan. Feel amazing but, mo but no body change at all. Why is that? Well, I'm so happy that you feel incredible. And remember that this is probably coming from somebody who's already in a healthy BMI. I, I you know, I kind of want to look at this person's, um, oh, they don't have any photos of themselves, but I'm curious because I would not be surprised if this person is already in a healthy BMI. When it comes to losing weight, you have to be in a calorie deficit. And just because I've said this, don't go start counting your calories because that's a huge, huge headache. What we do instead in the Slim on Starch lifestyle is you're eating a diet that is naturally low in calories. So you most likely are going to fall into a calorie deficit. Most people naturally fall into a calorie deficit when they get 
get on a slim on starch lifestyle because it is so naturally low in calories. Some people that are already in a healthy BMI, when they adopt this diet, remember the less you weigh, the less calories you burn at rest. So if you're already in a healthy BMI, maybe you're on the low side of the BMI, you know, your BMI 19 or 20, if you develop a slim on starch lifestyle, it could be the same amount of calories that you were eating before or the same amount of calories that your body burns every day, in which case you wouldn't lose any weight. But for most people, they naturally fall into a calorie deficit eating this diet because it is so low in calories. So for the majority of my clients, they go on this lifestyle and they start losing weight just because the diet is so naturally low in calories, but they're still eating an abundance of foods. Now there are some people that have gotten themselves into this conundrum and they're not at BMI 19 or 20, you know, they're higher in BMI. They're at BMI 24, 25, 26, 27 and up and getting into the obese BMI and they're not quite sure what's going on. And this is like, to be honest, my favorite situation to work with because I love getting in and seeing what's going on and seeing where we can tweak things so that we can make this work for you. But for most people, that that is why this works. And that's why it's not working for this person because they probably already are lean. And if they're not, if you are you know, at a higher BMI, come talk to me because let me look at everything that you're eating and see where we can make tweaks here so that we can naturally lower the calorie density of your diet and allow you to still eat a good volume of food but not feel um, like you're eating tiny portions and you're getting super hungry so that you can still lose weight only if you need to lose weight. I won't help somebody lose weight that is gonna go into an underweight BMI. Thanks for listening, honey. Come say hi at Healthy Emmy on Instagram and join our private Facebook group, The Healthy Honeys, where you can get started losing weight on a plant-based lifestyle. I'll see you in there and everything is linked in the show notes. Mwah.